We're going we're gonna to jump into the word here in just a bit. But if you were here last year, um, you'll, you'll understand that Pastor Andrew is not here solely because he's my brother, but because there is an anointing and there's a call upon his life. Um, I'm excited that his wife Ruby and Hunter and Bailey are here, uh, my niece and nephew, and we, we uh, certainly welcome them today. Uh, Pastor Andrew and I, so I'm, I'm three years older. <clears throat> I'm three years older, and, and, and we have been uh, close for a very long time, as you can tell. Yeah, you know it's coming, Andrew. We've been doing church for a very long time. We've been doing church for a very long time, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful. Can I just pause and say I'm grateful for my parents dragging me to church? Uh, I, are, are we perfect? Absolutely not. Far from it. Um, yeah. Yep. That's me. Um, that's me and, and Pastor Andrew. 1987. You do the math. Uh, I, I just want to say I'm grateful for that, that, that our parents drug us to church. And I, I remember it was, anybody grow up going to revivals? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sometimes uh, the pastor would say, you know what, we're going to extend it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And we're going to keep on going. That happened. Uh, but I remember I wanted to go watch the mighty Bulldogs of Lyford. Um, down in the Rio Grande Valley, I wanted to go watch football. They were playing the Bronzo Lopez Lobos. And I'll never forget, I was dressed to go to the game. But there was church that night. And my dad said, where are you, where are you going? You're not dressed to go to church. And uh, I said, I'm going to the football game, Dad. And he told me, no, senor. And that means no, sir. Um, and I was so upset. Um, that day and, you know, even through our rebellious years and even through our, our hard-headedness, God is faithful. Um, but, but, you know, they, they didn't give us an option. So I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to challenge parents in a loving way. Whenever you can, you drag your children here. You may not like it, uh, but throw down some roots. You'll never, you can only imagine what God will do. So we're, we're grateful for God's faithfulness. And we give him all the honor and all the glory. All the honor and all the glory to him. So, Pastor Andrew is, is not only can he preach, but he can sing, uh, unlike yours truly. So, he may throw that out there, and we welcome that. So, could you just stand on your feet and give God praise and give Pastor Andrew the biggest Impact City welcome as he comes to deliver the Word of God. Good morning, Impact City. How's everyone doing? Come on, can we give that to Jesus just a little bit longer? Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Amen, amen, amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. You can take your seats. Y'all look beautiful this morning. Y'all look beautiful this morning. It's an honor to be with you. Um, I want to take time to honor this house. What God is doing here is phenomenal. And uh, I already notice 
um, just being here for the first few minutes of worship or 30 minutes of worship, that God has already taken this church to uh, a higher level than the last time that I was here. And I'm so excited and so blessed to be able to witness what God is doing here. So I want to honor this house. It's great to see familiar faces and new faces, and um, it's an honor um, to be here. I want to honor your pastoral family, Pastor John, Desiree, Parker, and Paisley. Can we honor them today? Amen. You guys have a gift. I want to thank you for honoring them and uh, thank you for caring for them. And I'm not saying this as a brother, but as a co-laborer in the kingdom. And thank you for honoring and caring for your pastoral family. I've learned this, that God treats churches how churches treat their pastor. And uh, so I want to thank you all for honoring them and, and being a blessing to their lives. So thank you for that. Um, just a little bit about myself. Other than you already saw my baby picture. So um, my name is Andrew. And uh, one of the greatest honors I have is to be married to my wife, Ruby. And, uh, and being father to Bailey and Hunter, and they are here with me, as John already said. So thank you all for coming and weathering the 11-hour drive and just having the good times and the bad times in the car, right? So thank you all for that. Um, so I'm, I'm blessed, right? My, my wife and I get to pastor uh, an amazing, amazing church, the greatest church ever. Um, it's Impact City Second, okay? Uh, <laughs> But the Pursuit Church in Harlingen, Texas, that has also been one of the greatest honors of my life. And uh, I believe some of them are watching. So Pursuit fam, if you're watching, God bless you. Can we welcome our Pursuit fam online? I love you. I miss you. We'll see you next weekend. And um, so we're a young church. We're, we're five and a half years old and we planted in 2018 and God has done something amazing. Um, and so we're just ecstatic for what God is doing and just eager to see what God is going to do. Pray for us. If you want to know how to pray for the Pursuit Church, pray for us that, um, that God would just give us a miracle, right? We're praying for uh, a building, right, a place to call home. Right? We are a mobile church, so you guys are blessed to have a home, right? So we rent a convention center every Sunday, and we build the platform up and the sound and the musicians and the music and all that stuff and our kids' ministry. We build that, and then when we're done, we tear it back down and we put it in a trailer. And uh, so one of our big prayer requests is to have a home. So we would be honored if you would help us pray and believe for that. Would you all do that for us? Thank you all so much. All right. I want to get into the word, and uh, I want to get into a few scriptures, and we're going to break them down as we go. I do not have a primary text. I'm not, I don't have a focal point text, but I'm going to give you certain texts as we build the sermon together, and I want to give you the sermon title as, uh, as I begin to preach. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them the title of the sermon, which is Unexpected Momentum. Can you tell them? Unexpected Momentum. Some of y'all are like, what in the world is this guy going to talk about? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We ask you that you would speak to us, that you would do it exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think, Lord, that you would do a great work in this room. We know you are here already, and we ask that you would confirm your word with signs and wonders and miracles, Lord, that you would do it. Enlarge our territory, increase our capacity, Lord, that you would do an amazing work. Lord, speak to us in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. 
you already saw our baby picture. So a few years later, um, actually about 15 years later, uh, we as a family, we were teenagers, our family made a trip to um, the happiest place in the world, the most wonderful place in the world, Disneyland. And uh, we, we were, I was probably 12 and John was a little bit older and um, we didn't know what to expect. We're some, we're some young kids from the Rio Grande Valley. All we know of Disney is the movies, right? So we were enjoying the day and uh, we came up, came up to this attraction called Magic Mountain. And uh, again, we didn't know what to expect. We thought this ride called Magic Mountain was a kid ride. We thought it was a ride for the family. So there we go, a family of, of six and uh, our aunt and uncle and their kids. So it's 10 of us going to or standing in the line to Magic Mountain uh, with, the, with the thought that this is going to be a fun kids ride and all the family is going to enjoy. Those of you that have been to Magic Mountain know that we had a false expectation. And uh, so we, we're on this ride and we mo- begin to move. We're, we pass the threshold and all of a sudden, it's like if we go from zero to 100 in a dark space. All these lights all over the place and all I can hear is people screaming and yelling in the back. And uh, we, were, we were thrown for a loop. So literally we were just like thrown off. And um, so we get off the ride, we made it, we weathered it together. And, and one of the family members who will remain nameless and... Um, she finds a corner outside of the, of, of the ride and she just lets out lunch. She, she vomits. And um, I, I already gave a context clue, sorry. Um, so, uh, but he, she, she threw up. And so, but it's interesting to me because we would not have gotten in the ride if we would have known that it would have gone from zero to 100. The momentum of this ride was, was completely unexpected. And... Um, we, we were just like, oh my goodness, where did this come from? And I want to teach you from God's word that there are scriptural examples of unexpected momentum. And you're going to be like, where are they? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give them to you. And uh, so there's a story in the Old Testament where Elijah had just prayed for fire to come down from heaven. At the showdown of 850 prophets of Baal, and it was one prophet of the one true God against 850 prophets of Baal. And so there's this dramatic scene. It's literally a standoff. And God in this moment demonstrates his power and his supernatural ability. Let me just say this as we start this this teaching together, that God is still proving his supernatural ability in 2023. God still does miracles. He's still willing. He still can. He's still as powerful. He can still, come on, come on, Impact City. God can still do the miraculous. And in the land of Israel, he had been, there had been a drought for three and a half years. So there was a drought, there was famine in the land because the same prophet that was standing before the 850 prophets, they were standing and, and, uh, and they were there. This same prophet closed the heavens and declared that it would not rain until he said it would. This prophet said it will not rain and God was, was 
this man was so connected to God that God honored his word and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. So this is, this is all going on in the same text. So, so, and after the showdown, God demonstrates his power, right? The, the, eight, the prophets of Baal, they try, to, they try to call down fire from heaven. It does not work. And then here comes Elijah and he does all this dramatic stuff. And, and this is in 1 Kings 18. And so he calls fire down from heaven and he asks God to consume it. And God does. So this is what happens. So he is on an emotional or, or spiritual high at this moment, right? He's like, man, God just backed me up. God just backed me up. So he, he, this, is, this is what's going on. And so he, this, then they go to a mountain, and, uh, and, and, and he declares that rain is going to come, right? This is after three and a half years. So they go to the mountain, and he sends his servant, and his servant says, there's no clouds, Go check again. And they do that six times. There is no report. There's no cloud. On the seventh time, this is where the, 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 the servant says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And from that cloud the size of a man's hand, it begins to rain, a great rain. Okay? And so, so now you see that this is, this is kind of the context of the story. So, and this is, this is where I want it to get to because it began to rain. And we see 1 Kings 18.46. 1 Kings 18.46, and it says, The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. The NLT version says this, The Lord gave special strength to Elijah. The Lord gave special strength. Elijah. And the spirit of the Lord came upon Elijah. I want you to hear me this morning. There is no telling what someone can do when the spirit of the Lord comes upon their life. There is no telling what a person can do when the Lord gives them strength. I want you to say this with me. Seed plus time equals a harvest. Seed plus time equals a harvest, okay? God is going to quicken the process. And I want to take you to Amos 9.13. I'm setting a foundation and then I'm going to preach. Amos 9.13, it says this. The days are coming, declares the Lord. What days, right? It's talking about what days. These are the days before the coming of the Lord. This is what the prophet is speaking of, okay? And then it says, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the, treading, by the one treading grapes. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. Okay, so let's go to the NLT version. This is what it says. The time will come, says the Lord, when the grain, where the grain and the grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. Then the terraced vineyards on the hills of Israel will drip, will drip with sweet wine. Okay, I want to focus on that, that the grain and the grapes will grow faster than they can be picked. They will grow faster than they can be picked, okay? So this is, this is the time before the coming of the Lord, right? The time will come. So this is, I believe we're close to the coming of the Lord. I don't know, I don't know if anyone else believes that, but I believe we're at a time where, where the coming of the Lord is closer than, than it ever has been, right? I mean, we, we would hear it when we were young. Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. It's been, it's been a few years. I never thought I was going to get married. I didn't think we were going to have kids because Jesus was coming. But the Lord has tarried, and I thank God that he's tarried up until this moment. But I want to tell you one thing is certain, that Jesus is coming is still close. Okay. But so for... for 
so, so as we see this, the grain and the grapes growing faster than they can be harvested. This is an example of acceleration or momentum, right? So for the sake of, today, uh, uh, for the sake of today's sermon, it will do us great, a great blessing to be able to remember that God does not live in time, but God lives in eternity. God lives in eternity, and eternity is outside of time, and for God, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. There is no time in God. God, God is, is not in time, and the only reference to time about God is that it is finished, right? Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, and th that is why he knows the end from the beginning, because God lives outside of time, and we live in time, but God lives out of time, and the scripture says that he knows the end from the beginning. How does he know that? It's because his vantage point, he is outside of time and he sees where we are. And so I, I want to tell you that time is nothing to God. T time is, is nothing to God. Aren't you glad that you are being held in the palm of the hand that from the one that already knows the outcome. I know you're going through something right now, or may, you may be going through something, but you are in the hand of God who is sitting outside of time, and he knows the end from the beginning, and he knows that you will not finish where you are. Your story does not end where you are. If it's not good, then God is not done yet. We are in the hands of God. And in the hands of God, things end up good and pleasant. God lives outside of time, which is why he can do things in an instant. God can do things in an instant. And I want to prove that scripturally to you. The book of Acts is full of suddenly moments where things happen quickly. And we see in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came... They were all together in one place. And then verse 2 says, what? What? Suddenly... That's a quick term or something that happens quick. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then I want to take you to Acts 16 verse 25. And it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. In verse 26, there's that word again. Suddenly... There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, the, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Can you say suddenly with me? Suddenly. Say it. Come on. Suddenly. Tell your neighbor. Wake him up. Tell him suddenly. God can do things suddenly. I am believing for God to suddenly do something in our lives. For God to do a quick work in our lives. So... I want to talk real quick about how we create momentum. Spiritually, you can create momentum. Yes, it, it, there is a God factor and a supernatural factor that has to happen. But there are also things that we as believers and sons and daughters of God can do to create momentum. So let's, let's check this out. What helps create momentum in the spirit or what prepares you for an acceleration, right? I'm talking about going quicker, right? So walking by faith produces momentum. Walking by faith and not by sight 
produces momentum. That builds your resume with God. Walking by what you believe more than what you see. I know we like to focus, right? It's the easy thing to focus on the things. It's the easy thing to focus on the doctor's report. It's the easy thing to focus on on the P&L. It's the easy thing to focus on on the things that we see. But it is more, it is difficult, more difficult to believe what God has said when the thing before you is a negative thing or a a thing that is declining, but we hear and we've heard God say that there is a promise over our life. So the thing is, is that when we walk by faith at a higher reality and we say, you know what, I am walking on God's word, no matter what the situation says, I am believing for God to do the impossible. When we walk by faith, consistently believing God more than believing what you see helps create momentum. Another thing is spiritual disciplines create momentum in the spirit, okay? Consistent prayer. When we pray. When we have our time with the Lord. When we pray, we are creating momentum in the spirit realm. We are creating consistency in the spirit realm. So consistently reading God's word. Getting into God's word will create momentum in our lives. Consistently attending church. Consistently giving. Let me preach to the screen. I do that at home too, don't worry. Consistently coming to church, consistently giving, consistently reading God's word, consistently praying, consistently worshiping, that creates momentum in the spirit realm. Sometimes we, we're like, God, where are you? How come I don't feel like I'm strong? How come I don't feel like this? I don't feel like things are happening? Because what happens is, is that we get into this rhythm or this custom where we only worship on Sunday mornings. And then we're like, God, where are you at? God is asking the question, where are you at? And one way or the ways that we create momentum are these ways. We pray, we fast, we read God's word. The spiritual disciplines that we were taught or most of us were taught as kids, these things create momentum. And as you practice them, this is important right here, they mature and they strengthen you. I'm going somewhere. As you practice them, they mature and they strengthen you. These, these, these valuable things that God has given us, they mature and they strengthen us. You ready for this? Why is maturity and strength so important right now? I'm glad you asked. This is why. Where God is taking us requires a high level of strength and maturity. Where God is taking you requires a high level of strength and maturity. Where God wants to take you, your family, your marriage, your business, your ministry, where God wants to take you, it requires a high level of strength and maturity. We, we must understand that this is important to God. Where God is taking us requires us. And, and God will not give it to us unless we are strong enough to endure it. Have you ever asked the Lord, Lord, let me win the lotto? I, know, I don't know if y'all do. I, whatever. 
I, I know it, when it's at 1.2 billion, y'all are buying those tickets. Y'all are looking. I hope no one's watching. Come on, it's 1.2, y'all. How y'all not going to do that? I'm trying to build a church in the valley. Come on. I'm kidding. But hear me. You're like, Lord, let me win the lotto, and the first thing I will do is honor you. But we ain't honoring God now. I wasn't going to say that, but, but this is what it is. But if we can't manage what we make now, what makes you think that we can manage the $1.2 billion that we want to win on the lotto? And that's why I'm saying that where God is taking you, I'm not saying you're going to win the lotto, but where God is taking you, your plan, your purpose, where God is taking you requires strength and maturity. God ain't going to give no baby a blessing for a grown man or a grown woman. I need you to understand this morning that where God is taking you requires a level of strength and maturity. All right. God won't give it to us unless we're ready to endure it. That's the honest truth. God won't waste the blessing. God won't waste the blessing. God will not accelerate your life or give you momentum in your life until you have the stability and the strength to endure the acceleration. Because if God does that, God will do more harm than good if we aren't strong enough to endure it. So how do you get strong? How do you get strong? You pray. You ask the Lord, Lord, make me strong. You're getting stronger as you pray. As you pray, you are maturing. As you read God's word, you are getting stronger and you are maturing. As you live out God's word, you are getting stronger and you are maturing. As you fast, you are getting stronger. As you, even though you may feel as you fast, right? When we fast, we feel like we're dying and everyone wants to give you chocolate and they want to give you the, the burger for free and you're like, oh Lord, there's a taco in the morning and then for lunch there's this and then, and then for dinner, they never give you stuff for dinner and then they send you off with dinner at work. It's just so funny how that happens, right? You're fasting and then it happens. But anyway, but what I'm trying to say that as you physically feel like you're dying when you're fasting, you are getting stronger. The, the, these, are, the, the, these are principles that, that God gives us. As you attend, attend church consistently, you are getting stronger. As you sit under the word of God, you are getting stronger and you are maturing. Y'all, when you come in and hear the word of God, your life is being changed. You are literally being, your spiritual composition is literally changing as you hear God's word. And so as you come and you sit under the word of God, your life is being changed. So as as you come here, you are getting stronger and you are maturing. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm getting stronger. Come on, wake up this morning. I'm getting stronger, I'm getting stronger, I'm getting stronger. And here, here's, here's the next thing. God will even use waiting to make us strong. God will use waiting I, I, I didn't send the scripture, I'm so sorry, but God will give us strength as we're waiting. I know, I know, I know, I know. Not waiting, right, because patience in 2023 is not a thing. Because we, we, we live, 
we live with everything in the palm of our hand. And patience. We were coming down the road and there was a, there was a spot here on, on uh, coming. We got off the, the, the interstate and got on, I don't know what road that is. But there was a spot where the, where the internet was patchy. Right, or the data was patchy, and, and my daughter was like, it's not working. It's not working. I'm just like, give it some time. It'll work. I'm, I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> but, but you get what I'm saying? But even in the waiting, God is faithful enough to strengthen us. They taught us, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but they taught us not to pray for patience. Oh, don't pray for patience. Because if you pray for patience, the Lord is going to send you through a trial. Y'all remember that? Old school, old school. So here we are. Now, now patience is not. Oh, God, help us. But I want. I don't know why they taught us that. But as we wait on the Lord, as we wait on the Lord, as we wait for God to work, as we wait for the miracle, God is strengthening us. God is making you stronger. Isaiah 40, 31 says, as we wait, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So as we wait, the Lord is making us stronger. Anyone in a moment of waiting right now? You're like, God, I need clarity. God, I need clarity. I need you to do something. You know what God is doing in that moment? I know we don't like it and I know we don't want it. But what God is doing is he is making us stronger. He's making you stronger. God is making us stronger as we wait. God is, God is making us stronger as we wait. And as I wait, God is making us stronger. Peter and Andrew were out all night. And uh, I'm almost closing, baby. They were out all night. And uh, this tells me that they were out all night fishing, and what this tells me is that they were out doing what they knew to do. Peter and Andrew were in a predicament. They owed, uh, uh, theologians will tell us that they, they had a debt that they needed to pay. And so they were out all night fishing, doing what they knew to do. They were fishermen by trade, and they weren't at home waiting for a miracle. They were occupied in doing what they knew how to do. They were fishing. And what they were doing is the equivalent to us praying, fasting, giving, doing, being involved, serving. That, that, that's the equivalent, right? They, they, they were occupied in their calling. And they were doing what they knew to do. And that night they did not catch a thing. And Jesus comes and asks to borrow the boat. He's like, hey, guys, can I borrow the boat? I'm going to teach a little bit. So there he is offshore. He's on the boat. And when he's done, he tells Peter and Simon, 
uh, or he t- tells Peter, hey, Simon, which was Peter, go throw your nets again. Go, go, go throw them again. And, and Peter responds, Master, um, we've been fishing all night and we haven't caught one thing. You're a carpenter, I'm a fisher, I know the waters. You know, we, we haven't caught a thing. And, and he says, but, but you know what, I sent something different from, from your words. And he says, but because you said, I'm going to do it one more time. And uh, so, so here they go, they obeyed, and to their surprise, there was an unexpected miracle. The story goes that they had so much fish in their nets that they had to call their friends to help them reel in the harvest. And uh, theologians believe that this miracle, check this out, this is powerful. Theologians believe that this miracle was enough to cover the salary of four people for a one-year minimum at minimum, and at maximum, four years. This catch was so big that it paid the bills for four households for at least one year. The acceleration that Jesus gave Peter and Andrew was enough to sustain them for that long. But I, that, that blessing wasn't just for Peter because that, that blessing was not just for one man, but it was for four people that brought in that catch. It blessed. How many of us know that the blessing of the Lord upon our lives is not just for ourselves, but it's for others? God blesses us so that we could bless others. And, um, but they had a real in this catch I don't know if you think I hope we don't think this that the miracle will fall in our laps I believe the miracle will come as we do and as we work as we serve as we pray as we involve ourselves in the call of God on our lives and we tie ourselves to the kingdom. Peter and Andrew were doing this. They were involved. They were doing what they knew to do. They were fishing, then they sat and they heard the teaching of Jesus and they listened and they obeyed the command of Jesus. And now they are reeling in this catch. Here's why you and I need to be strong. Because the harvest that God can give every one of us requires the strength to reel it in. It requires us to be strong because we got to bring in the fish. It requires us to be strong because we got to go out and pick, pick the grain and the wheat. We got to be strong. We got to be strong spiritually to be able to sustain what God wants to do in our lives. We need to be mature enough to manage what God is going to give us. We need to be strong enough to, give, to be able to bring in what God is going to give us. And just like Elijah, right, the Bible says, I didn't harp on that or I didn't talk on that real, real long, but this is the miracle of acceleration. Look what happened to Elijah. Elijah was, it was raining and he tucks in his cloak and he begins to run. We don't see it at first, but the Lord gave him strength to run ahead of chariots. 
Do y'all know anybody that runs faster than horses? Elijah did. Elijah ran faster than Ahab's horses. And there he is, and he's moving, and he's going at the, in the wind of the Spirit because the Bible says that the Lord gave a special strength to Elijah. And I'm believing that God will give this church and the families in this church a special strength to run with chariots. Y'all, y'all got to be strong because what God is going to do in this room you got to be able to run with the chariots. What God is going to do in your families, you got to be able to run with the chariots. What God wants to do in your business, you got to be able to run with the chariots. Come on. God is making us strong. God is making you strong. You need to be strong enough to run with horses and to go before. I'm praying that the Lord would grace you with a strength from heaven to be able to run. The trial has not been in vain. The loss has not been in vain. The struggle has not been in vain. Standing for God has not been in vain. Sowing in recession has not been in vain. Serving God has not been in vain. Being faithful has not been in vain. The Lord has been making us strong. We may have gone through fire, but God uses the fire to make us strong. And we may be in the waiting, but our prayer could be is like, Lord, I know I'm waiting, but make me strong. Make me strong. I may be in need, Lord, but make me strong. Make me strong. I want you to stand this morning. My son Hunter does this cute little thing that he got from a YouTube video. And uh, he points the remote to Ruby and to me and to, to, to myself and to, to Bailey. And uh, he, he pushes a button and he says he expects us to pause. And I want to show that small clip real quick. So he goes around the house saying, pause, pause, pause. And he expects us to stand still. And we don't have permission to move until he says, unpause. Who knew that having a kid would be a great way to come up with preaching material, right? But I believe that we can take this word to heart. And we can declare the word of the Lord in our situation. And we can say, pause on the things that have held us back. We can say pause to the things that have caused us to be spiritually immature. We can say pause on lack, and we can say pause on the things that God desires to be paused in our lives. And we can declare the word of the Lord and say unpause on the calling and the purpose and the blessing. Come on, y'all, and the maturity and the strength Come on, anyone in this room that says, you know what, unpause on my life, unpause on my children, unpause on my
I'm declaring unpause over this church because Impact City has to be able to run with the chariots. If you are, if there are people in this room that you feel your life has been paused, you've been stagnant, you have not moved, you are in lack, the issues of life have come and you feel stuck. I have come with a word from the Lord this morning. Unpause. God is going to set you in motion. God is going to give you strength to run. God is going to give you strength to move. God is going to give you the strength. Come on, y'all. Just like Jesus told the disciples to loose Lazarus. Yeah, Jesus called Lazarus up from the grave, but it was the disciples' responsibility to loose Lazarus. And some of us may feel bound and stuck. And I have come with the word of the Lord, and I loose you in the name of Jesus. I loose you to run. I loose you to move forward. I loose you to go, go, go. Unpause on your growth, unpause on the restoration of your marriage, unpause on your business. I declare that we are moving forward because the Lord is making us strong. I know some things have not made sense. I know some things have not made sense, but but if you look back as you have lived through a difficult season, you can look back and you can declare, I am now stronger. My faith is now stronger. I know the Lord has been with me in the waiting and he's making me strong. I know the Lord is with me in the trial and he's making me strong. But I declare the word of the Lord this morning, unpause for you to go and to run and the purpose and the calling that God has for your life.